Welcome to the very first audio on visual podcast. My name is Jay Bigham, and I'm your host. Audio on visual is a podcast that hopes to bring you into the artist's studio, whether that be a large commercial studio space or an extra bedroom in a condo, to help you get to know the struggles, triumphs, and day-to-day lives of people creating visual art. Initially, the artist featured will be from my circle of friends and acquaintances, which are mostly Edmonton and Alberta-based, but I do have quite a few folks I know through social media spread out all over the world. So I hope to feature some of them through the magic of the Skype interview at some point in the future. The artists you hear will, for the most part, be people you've probably never heard of, although you may be familiar with some of their work. This isn't a podcast that will be featuring famous artists. Rather, it is focused on those artists that live and work right beside you. Our first guest is Edmonton-based painter Jory Warren. I sat down on a cold and sunny April uh, Monday morning and recorded our first interview. So let's get right to it. So what's, what's your background, your, your art background? I don't have an art background, so to speak, as a visual artist, but I do have an artistic background. Um, my whole life I've been artistic. My mother was artistic in an interior design kind of way, in a gardening kind of way. And I, um, I, my first job was Ikea. I was head of their art department. Um, and it was straight out of display college. I went and I took display, window displays. Um, and uh, so my first job as an 18-year-old was um, doing room settings for a huge company and I got to travel around the whole world doing new room settings and then I was their sign writer for 10 years and uh, doing all the signs for the company. Um, it's called a fast style so you have to write really fast and do all the, the cool banners for the store. And then um, I worked myself out of a job. They, uh, the computer age came. They used my handwriting as a template for all of Canadian stores. And they made a program, computer program. And so anybody can type it in and my banner would come out and my writing is still up there today. So, so if you've been in an Ikea store in Canada, you've You'll seen see your my work. Writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic yeah. story. So that doing that um, and then I was a freelancer for years doing window displays and then from there I became um, a company came and um, offered me a job uh, doing special event props so I became a prop master for years 11 years and I did corporate events in uh, all Western Canada so what, what actually is a corporate prop? Corporate props. Um, the stage decor for Behind the Junos. The hundreds of centerpieces for uh, a corporate company to come in and they do their annual events. And I would do hundreds of centerpieces or stage decor. Um, I did uh, events for Jasper Park Lodge. I, w- I did actually three room settings, changeovers for the year 2000. Ah. So it was a big millennium Mm -hmm. moment and I had a crew of 
tons of people there and we had to switch it over, do the big events and then we switched it over for the next day for the, the, the people with the hangovers to have their breakfast. It was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, that taught me scale um, because, uh, and that's what I love the most and I'm very organized, very detail oriented. So from learning doing room settings that are monstrous, interesting things. Also, to, to start drawing, I, ha I drew for the client. A person would say, I want a Mardi Gras theme. And they, so I would sit down and we'd brainstorm um, with my client, and uh, I'd come up with drawings, did and you, I did, have some. Did you uh, have any drawing background as a kid? Never. No? I just drew as a kid. I always was into art, but... Anyway, I, I did a lot of drawings for, this, for these clients because visually they couldn't figure out what they wanted until you would start drawing sure. and, and getting some. So right on the spot I would draw and I would come up with ideas um, that are huge and big and bold and that would fit in a Shaw Conference or the, or the Butter Dome, big, big props. And then I would have to go and they would, they would like it and want it and then I'd have to go and build it <laughs> which was the best part because sure. I like I love the the brainstorming and the coming up with the ideas and I loved the the creation of the product and so, so you actually did a lot of the construction yourself I did it all myself mm, yeah. so here's an example of you know I would draw something and then I would actually have to make that but these are 15 16 feet across made out of styrofoam that would hang on top of the butter dome so a lot of very cool products were made for many years. I actually made a, a, a mountain out of styrofoam that was taller than my garage and <laughs> spray painted it outside to make it look like a mountain. I met some wonderful people, very creative, but I also had to be, um, ha have it all done on site. I, I, I didn't have a Home Depot open at two in the morning. I right. had to have right. it finished and done and plan A, B, and a C. So I was very, very dedicated that way and had it uh, um, meticulous. You meticulous, have, yeah, you have, have to, to be. be. Yeah. And I think that's where my art is. I'm so drawn into the detail part of my pieces. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, uh, I like the scale and the color and the impact. Even a, a smaller piece has great impact. Um, and that's, I think, how I, I learned how to do stage decor that has to look good from 40 feet away as, as, the, as the front 10 feet away. Right. Or, you know, the front row as well as the back row group have to really uh, enjoy that, that stage. Um, so I think that's, that's, it was a great learning experience, huge learning experience. And then... Um, I did that for 15, 16, no, no 11, 12 years or so. Um, and my knowledge of sign writing had to come in because doing signs for a special events was 80% of the job sure. as well. Yeah. Um, and if, another really cool project is I did, f um, they were doing the, uh, the application for the Seville Games, the the sport, sporting the games. games, yeah, and I and I did a project. They were they were uh, 
promote, they were hoping to promote Western, the Western events. I did hundreds of Western events. And I, I had to send a display that would be flat, sent to Seville, Spain, and they had to build it um, with just a, a, a server <laughs> or someone to build it. So, so your IKEA experience. My came flat in. <laughs> box IKEA experience paid off. I, I made a whole room decor out of foam core, and they came together, and it made a great backdrop for their presentation in Seville, Spain, and it was all Western. And uh, and but the whole process of it, um, I made all this Western products out of uh, foam core, and I first did it cut it out all in white, and then I thought, oh, this is a cool, all just white, Western. Ended up, I did a whole white Western event for JPL. <laughs> so, and then I painted it, and off it went to Seville, Spain. So you had to be creative and innovative and smart, and you had to know how to hang product from the ceiling, and the riggers who were hanging it, they had to, they loved it when you could hang it off of one rig, versus seven. Um, so I, I learned a lot and it was a wonderful experience, but a hard labor and hard on your back. And hard hours. Hard hours. Yeah. And, um, but all my neighbors got flowers all the time because <laughs> I'd bring home hundreds of flowers in every neighborhood. Used to get flowers in the middle of the night at their deck. <laughs> that, that, yeah. While I was working there, my partner uh, had a, accident at the shop. Um, he was putting air in a tire and he blew his hand off. And my mom uh, got cancer the same few months. So while he was recuperating, they were deciding or not if he was going to get to keep his hand. Uh, he blew off his whole wrist, but they didn't know if he would keep his hand. So I shut down my business um, and took care of my mom while she was here, going through the first of many cancers and taking care of him. And so I wouldn't um, go crazy. It was either drinking or painting. So I picked up a brush. And I never picked up a brush before other than painting props. Uh, I was never an artist that made paintings or a visual artist. So, uh, uh, in the middle of the night, while they were resting, I would start painting. And I started small, and I had that background of drawing for my clients. And uh, so that's the first time I picked up a brush, uh, seven yeah. years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. Eight years ago. So what would... now more. What were, your, what were you painting at that time? What were you painting with? What were your subjects? Those kinds of things. Cool. Um, I painted just for myself. And to make me feel better, because I was going through such a rough time, I would paint things that made me feel good, was flowers and uh, fruit. But mostly flowers, actually. And it was just for me. I was just... Uh, trying not to go crazy and not to get sucked in the, the hardships of the day. So I started painting flowers and pretty things and they were easy 
and um, and then a few of the guys that I knew kept saying, can you paint something other than flowers? Because <laughs> I'd like to buy something. So I started painting some cars. And then it just, everybody kept asking for different subject matter. So I found anything I painted, I could paint. I could pretty well paint anything that I wanted to paint. Um, so from there, I just started picking subject matter that I liked. Um, from that, I started noticing people were actually buying pieces. First, my friends out of loyalty and... <laughs> as we and, all know. <laughs> and, and family uh, as making a dollar of helping save our house and, you know, because we were both self-employed. So, uh, uh, thankfully for them, um, I started selling a few pieces here and there. And I found it was something I wanted to do. So I started really painting. Now it's going to be a job. And I pull my background as self-employed person who works hard and puts many hours in. Okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to make it a living and I'm going to paint every day and I'm going to do it as much as I can and learn as much as I can and just started. So that's so that, kind of that, how it started. The discipline of, of being self-employed has really helped oh, you with, yes. with your art practice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you can become a full-time artist unless you put the hours in. Uh, I believe if you want to make a living and do it, I don't want to make a, a huge amount of money. That's not my goal. Never has been. Never will be. My goal is to paint for me first, paint for my bills secondary. Um, and now I just want to keep painting. Uh, <laughs> you know? When yeah, you're, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to Audio and Visual, the podcast about visual arts and artists. Today's guest is Edmonton-based painter Jory Warren. For more information on Jory and to hear all our episodes, visit audioonvisual.ca. Follow us on Twitter at Audio on Visual, and visit facebook.com slash audio on visual. Now back to Jory. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about um, how you would describe what kind of art you make. Hmm. I've been wrestling with that because I think it's contemporary realism. Okay. What, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> you can't just say it and it's not define nice it. It's a nice words. It's pretty words. Um, I love taking a small item that I've liked, like a bowl of cherries, and showcasing the prettiness of it and the boldness of it and the color of it, but large and impactful and... and uh, just showing it in a different way. A plain, ordinary bowl of cherries or a, a license plate or a... So that's where I think my direction is going. Sure, sure. Yeah. What, what have you been working on recently? Um, a while ago, I, I, I've always... I have a list of paintings in my head of that I want to paint. A very, very long list, <laughs> as I think every artist probably does. Um, and I always thought coins would be a fabulous 
subject matter. They're beautiful. So I painted a, a painting full of Canadian coins. And I put my mom's name in them, or I put special dates in them. Um, I found out there's some history that is very interesting about coins, of what are expensive coins, or what are... Um, uh, the collectors. Collectors yeah. like, sure. yeah. So I, I learned a great deal, and I loved the process of painting these coins. And while I was doing that, your mind wanders a lot. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I like to paint our currency. So I, I did a, two paintings. I first started with um, the Canadian uh, currency, and I wanted it to add up to $150 because of our Canadian, um, uh, our birthday. Point. Our birthday, we turned 150 years last year. And um, painting that, I loved our history of our money. I was so interested after I was done about what's behind our money and how they created it and, and why. And, and some of the images are, are phenomenal images on our money. And, and I love the idea of uh, representing Canada and honoring the artists who have painted our currency. Um, the banknotes are so interesting. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that um, banknotes are works of art in themselves. Absolutely, yeah. completely works of art. And there's stories behind every single one. And um, from that I did another, a second painting. And um, it adds up to 1867, the year we became Canada. So uh, I actually still have another whole list, um, long list of more banknotes I want to do, some full full banknotes and um, some details of some interesting banknotes and another series and I'm even thinking of doing, um, I've contacted Canadian Tire because they're the, the, the Canadian banknote company actually prints Canadian Tire money, or did, and um, uh, I found out a friend of mine brought um, a forensic counterfeit officer um, and she came and seen my work and she told me some history of the Canadian tire money and she told me the history of our money on the counterfeiting end and she said I was right on and I was doing great and and uh, didn't arrest you nope uh, <laughs> actually asked if I'd like to do a couple seminars for the graduating class oh. and bring some pieces in I thought it was great so I'm going to do that. Oh, excellent. I like to actually do some more of in the series, sure, uh, my Canadian sure. uh, banknote series and currency series. And, well, um, one of the pieces that you did is, is right behind you right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the um, Canada 150. The Canada 150 one. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll put a photo of that up on, on the video and oh. on, on the, the website as well, just so people can see. But uh, people listening won't be able to tell how incredibly detailed these pieces are. I mean, they look as real as a real banknote. When I dis was deciding or not if I wanted to be a professional artist or a full-time artist, the painting that changed my view, uh, I said, okay, that's, gonna, that's it, I can do it. I can become an artist and I want to be an artist, was my cherry painting. Um, this is the first one that I got a lot of recognition for and a lot of people going, wow, that's, 
And from that, from the comments that I got of people walking into a room and seeing it for the first time, that's the moment I decided I wanted to be an artist. Uh, that moment when someone, the reveal, the, the moment somebody walks into a space and sees a painting and you're standing a ways away, it's no greater joy it, than hearing somebody say, wow, yeah. to your piece. It's such an inspirational moment. That's why I paint. That moment to hear, see somebody go, wow, or, or come up to a, a painting of my money and, and go, I remember that. I remember having that dollar bill and talking to their son saying, we had these when we were younger and you don't have that anymore. You, you, you've seen a coin or, you know, but we had dollar bills. Or the two dollar bill. Yeah, two dollar bill. They don't. They've never seen one. Yeah. And I've seen moms and dads kneel down and look at my painting, describing it to a child. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. That is taking a an item that we see every day, cherries or a coin or a note, a bank note, and going, "Wow, that's seeing something in a different light." That's the the whole idea of what I want to do in the next few years. I want that wow moment. I want people to turn a corner and see a piece going, wow, that's big or bold or vibrant or large, or that's stories. That's, you know, that's my goal. That's a good goal for sure, and you're well on, on your way to that for sure. Thanks. You're listening to Audio and Visual, the podcast about visual arts and artists. Today's guest is Edmonton-based painter Jory Warren. For more information on Jory and to hear all our episodes, visit audioonvisual.ca. Follow us on Twitter at audioonvisual and visit facebook.com slash audioonvisual. Now back to Jory. The other part of being an artist is trying to sell work. I have some very big original pieces. But in the beginning, they, they wouldn't, I couldn't sell big stuff. You know, artists have a hard time selling some work. So um, as an artist, I also wanted to have my work available for anyone to, to, to purchase or to have. Um, so I created a line of some of my stuff called Junior Dirigibles, a little, a little print. But I didn't want it just a plain print. I wanted it a true limited edition print to have so a, a, a young person can buy their first painting, a true limited edition mm-hmm. print, numbered print. And so I created these little versions of limited edition prints. Um, and then I also tried my marketing background. So you putting that into effect, I started doing clothing and pillows and some products that uh, reflect some of my pieces. Um, limited edition prints as the one you see behind me, that's actually a, a print, canvas print, from canvas prints to paper prints to the little junior originals that are, were my bed, bread and butter for, sure. for the last couple years. I've been showing my work now for a few years 
to friends and family. But I've never, I, I came out as an artist <laughs> three years ago. Um, and my first big event was Night of Artists in St. Albert um, in 2016. And that was the first time I showed my work publicly. Uh, scared, yes. Didn't know if anyone would like it, <laughs> yes. But the artists at that event rally around the new people and they were all so supportive. And then the event came and I had people coming up to my booth going, wow. And it wasn't just the interior designers that were liking my work or the house builders that I knew that my work would be in, but it was the public. So uh, that was my first public and uh, public outing, I guess. And, um, and then from there, I started doing a few art walks and putting a tent up and showing my work. And I wanted to have my work available to everyone. So I created these little junior originals um, and they're small limited edition prints um, that anyone can afford to have. Because when I was young, I couldn't afford art and I really wanted to. I remember walking to a gallery and I was very intimidated um, because I didn't have any money growing up and I, I always wanted to have some kind of art but I couldn't afford it and that's why I came up with these mm -hmm. little prints. So after doing a couple years now of uh, a few art walks, um, some of my work has been recognized now by uh, a gallery here in the city. Do I say the name? Okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was approached by um, Andrew Udell, who is now taking over his dad's gallery, um, Douglas Udell, and starting it in a new kind of direction, a new youthful contemporary, bringing in some new pieces, as well as the amazing work that his dad has brought in over the years. Um, and they asked if I would bring in a few pieces, and I am now very thankful and happy to be in Udell Exhibition Gallery on 124th Street in Edmonton. When I got into the gallery, I sent a letter to four of my best friends, thanking them for believing in me. And I just wanted to thank all these guys, saying, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, I would have given up being an artist. And it was so important to have such support by your friends that I really would have given up many times. But uh, it was because of her and them, I didn't. And she sent a, a quick note saying, one day you will thank yourself for never giving up. And that was the day I got into the gallery for the first time. She sent me that. In your first... Uh, show. Yeah, I was featured as their feature artist in their um, invitation. Yeah. And I was thrilled. And from that, I also actually sold uh, a huge piece um, to, uh, uh, to a collector in Vancouver. So um, it's, a, it's a career changing opportunity. I'm thrilled and excited to see what's going to happen in the next few years. Um, I just want to paint. <laughs> uh, I don't have enough hours in the day and I just want to uh, go crazy and paint for, 
for the next few years and go from there. So uh, what, what shows do you have coming up? Yadel Exhibition just produced their spring show. It's a group show. And I was lucky enough to have a few pieces in it. And um, I believe this spring art, 124th Street Art Walk is um, April 14th and 15th. And that, uh, I think there's eight, eight galleries um, open and they'll have hundreds of um, viewers to see more work. Um, in the next year, they will be doing a few um, other shows, open shows, I think they're called. Um, and then they're, they're now representing me, so my stuff is on their website and, and they'll be showing my work, uh, any new work that I bring in. Um, and they're anxious every time I start something, they can't wait to have it in. So I'm, they're very supportive and very encouraging. And, um, and like she said, I can't wait to see what Jory does in the next few, next little while. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, very, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate. Do you have anything else coming up this summer? I do. Um, this summer I, I, I was approached by Vassa Gallery in St. Albert, and I'm doing my first solo show. And a solo show for an artist is a big deal. And I'm very happy to do, um, um, it's Rockin' August, and it's a car event for uh, car enthusiasts for the month of August in St. Albert. And I'm doing a, my first solo show um, for Vasa Gallery. In, uh, and I am doing cars. Uh, it's called The Journey. And I am showing cars in a different light, my version. Uh, license plates, some very cool cars, some parts of cars, um, and the whole life of a, a car, the journey of uh, our relationship with our vehicles or our transportation, because <laughs> I'm not going to limit myself. Um, because way back when, when I first started a few years ago, the guys kept asking for other than flower paintings. So I did some cars. And they were so generous in commissioning me to do their cars. I'm actually bringing the cars and their paintings to this show. So I'm having a little car show as well as That's a awesome. thank you to, to the fellows who pushed me into painting a car. Um, and I think that would be a real creative way to have an art show. With my background as an event person, I wanted to combine both, a little car show and an and art show. Um, so I think it's going to be a hoot, and I, I think, think it's going to be real too. fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I like that kind of um, making an art show uh, an event. You're listening to Audio and Visual, the podcast about visual arts and artists. Today's guest is Edmonton-based painter Jory Warren. For more information on Jory and to hear all our episodes, visit audioonvisual.ca. Follow us on Twitter at audioonvisual and visit facebook.com slash audioonvisual. Now back to Jory. 23 years ago, I walked into a gallery and I'm going to say where and when. Um, and I was young and, I, and I'm, you know, not a rich person. So I, wa I walked in and I was just a 
just a young person thinking, oh, I wonder if I could be an artist when I was 20. So I really did want to do that. And I walked into a gallery and I was so um, put off by the snobbery of the gallery setting. They were intimidating. They were... Um, I walked in there and I left feeling I will never be an artist. I'll never ever be in that art world. I hate that art world. They were horrible. They treated me like horribly. <laughs> and I walked out thinking, screw that, I'm, I'll think of something else to do. And that's why I went into display. Sure. And, um, and I had a turnaround now because I, I, I refused to be, walk into a gallery for 25 years. I never walked into a gallery. Not once. And believe it or not, my artwork walked into a gallery before I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And now I'm in a gallery. Yeah. But with a different type of... Um, it's a different attitude, a, for sure. A different attitude yeah. and a different... Aura, even, yeah. you know, and and, uh, and that's why I'm now in a gallery. And it yeah. really is. I refuse to walk into a gallery in any gallery worldwide. I walked in, and I've been all over the world traveling and stuff. But I wouldn't walk into a gallery. <laughs> I look in the window, but no. I think that's interesting. You actually are represented by a gallery before you've had your first solo show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't so. know. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know the gal. I don't know the art world. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't either. So yeah. it's, it's, it, that's interesting. I think it's pretty amazing, actually. Huh. That's cool, Ben. Hey. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. I'm very proud to be in one of the best galleries in Western Canada. Yeah, with a 50-year history. Best well-known. Yeah. Uh, I'm thrilled and honored, and they, they they treat you like gold. You know, they're they're and they're so enthusiastic. I just love that. You know, yeah. That's awesome. It's a good you know, listen. Sort of tosses that old uh, gallery fear out, huh? Yeah. There's yeah. still some out there. Yes, yes that's, true. Uh, yeah, that's true. I had a little chit chat on Facebook about that. Did yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, social yeah, let's media. Talk, let's yeah, talk let's about talk that. about yeah. social media because yeah. there wasn't social media back then. Yeah. I mean, even uh, seven you know, years ago when you started, it was really nothing. Absolutely. I only had a phone <laughs> for three, four years. I never had a, uh, you know, because of social media, um, artists now have websites. We now have blogs and we can show our artwork to many people via Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And it's an amazing marketing tool for artists, yeah. for upcoming artists, for established artists. And I'm learning that there's great marketing tools out there that we can use ourselves um, and to get m more visual out there, more people out there to hear about us. Um, I love social media and I was not, I, I never have done social media until um, I wanted to uh, showcase my work. Well, that's how we met actually. That's exactly how in, we in met. Fact, and it, we met uh, when I organized the auction, I think, wasn't it? It was Fort, Fort McMurray wildfire um, disaster. Yeah. And you asked artists to uh, showcase a piece of their artwork and, and donate it to the wildfire um, fund. And from that, you had thousands of people looking at your website and the auction. 
And from that, we artists generated money and a buzz um, that I was thrilled to have. Every year, artists are inundated by um, nonprofits and asking for donations. And as an artist, I do one event per year in my Art from the Heart fundraiser. I do my own. And that way, I, I choose my own for personal reasons. And that one, I was very thrilled to donate a piece. It sold well. Um, and the money went to Fort Mac. I was thrilled. Yeah, well, I, it, was, it was a great experience. We, I think we raised uh, almost $19,000 uh, yeah. with matching funds from the government uh, that was donated Red to Cross. the Red Cross. And the best part about, for me, aside from raising that money, was I got to meet a whole bunch of new artists, including yourself. So it And was, now we're friends. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out great. Uh, social really media is a, is a blessing. Yeah. can be a very big blessing for your artists. Yeah, it's a very lonely business sometimes, <laughs> and the social media, I think, helps. Absolutely. Uh, people ask, um, do you paint with music on and noise? And absolutely not for mine. I have a lot of uh, noise in my, you know, uh, demons and hearing, you know, people or voices saying, oh, no, you're not a good artist. And, and that's my quality, quiet time. It's when I create the best, is when there's no noise it's in the It's a meditation. It's absolutely a meditation. Yeah. It's what got me through people's hurt and cancers and all that. And, and absolutely, yeah, it yeah. is. Full circle, for sure. Awesome. Well, I think that probably does it. I think that ends it on a really great note. So thanks, Jory, for being on the podcast. And, and uh, we wish you luck with everything you do. Jay, thank you again for you're such an advocate for artists starting artists and established artists and every artist. And I really appreciate anything you do and anything you ask for. I'm there all the time. Awesome. Great friend. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks to Jory Warren for sitting down with me for this, our first episode. Audio on Visual is recorded, produced, and hosted by me, Jay Bigham. The Audio on Visual theme music is called Good Day, written by Kim Lincoln. For more information on Jory and to hear all our episodes, visit audioonvisual.ca, follow us on Twitter at audioonvisual, and visit facebook.com slash audioonvisual. Hope to see you next time.